listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. Okay, I have never seen someone in my entire life, my 36 years of existence, Look, man, no hands. do what Nick just did to a jazz fusion song <laughs> while like amping himself up for the podcast. But good Lord, be glad that your eyes could not see what I just saw. I am. Uh, oh, God. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, there's no other way to cut this. It's going to be a sad episode. There's, there's no way around it. Um, the first part of this, the news, the, the Henrik Lundqvist news, was the first punch in the gut or kick in the nuts or or whatnot that uh, that came out. Um, when, did he, when did he officially announce it? Was it over the Friday. weekend? Friday, yeah. Um, and it sucks because what was it like two weeks ago he posted on Instagram – the picture of his pads laying down like he was getting getting prepared, like going out for practicing and skating. And it was like, oh, here we go. Like here it's gonna be the story. The story's gonna be Hank's coming back. Hank's Hank's on the road back. Whatever, whether it was the Capitals or you know, whatever. And then we get hit with the you knew it as soon as the announcement came up on Twitter from uh I can't remember the, the gentleman's name from Sweden, but as soon as you saw the statement, I knew it. And I was like, damn. And then watching his press conference, and even though it was in Swedish, you knew what he was saying, and you knew it wasn't good. And then it came out where he formally announced it on his Twitter account. And I have not been more gutted by a player retiring in a long time. This one sucks. It flipping sucks. And I I just, to me, I'm borderline devastated that for 15 years, Henrik Lundqvist has carried the franchise on his back. And, oh Christ, can you move your camera please? <laughs> oh no, you're, you're going to look at <laughs> You're going to make me do at, this? Oh my God. Look at Look at it. Oh, God. Grab the Kleenex. Look um, at it. Look at it. He has carried this franchise. Wow. <laughs> you suck, man. You really suck. He has carried this franchise and literally gave his heart, literally gave his heart for the Rangers and the city of New York. And we could not get this man a Stanley Cup. And that that sucks. Screw you. <laughs> Why are you so mad at me? Oh, man. What? I showed you his... I actually... I, yeah, I, I actually... His, I actually I have, have tears his, in my eyes. That's the I pre... Have, those are my pre-tears before retirement night. I have his jersey like it will be in a couple months at MSG. I have, his jersey. Is, I have the Winter Classic it, jersey. It is raised right now, you know. The, the fantastic moment where he stopped Danny Briere on the bullshit penalty shot. 
It was not a bullshit penalty shot. That was a penalty shot. But well, yes, he it did. was a penalty shot, but it was a bullshit <laughs> call for the penalty shot. No, it wasn't. It was whatever. the right call. No, whatever. It was a great class. It was a classic moment in the Winter Classic. Fantastic. Um, it just it sucks, man, because you could tell that he still wants to play, and it's not him not being able to play because of of just the game has passed him by. It's his health. And it sucks that it's that's the situation that causes it to end. It sucks that the Rangers bought him out. It's it was a shitty way to end his career. We talked about that. The whole three headed monster bullshit with David Quinn. Just it's crap. It's crap that the last moments of Hank on the ice was having a shit performance in front of him in I don't the, know. In I, the bubble. I, you know, well, no. I, I, his last his last game in front of fans at MSG, I think, summed up his Ranger career. Yeah. No, you're, I mean, you're right. You're right. Like, I, I, as much as it hurt me watching that game, because, again, he was the only guy who looked like he was ready to play, it was, I thought that game against Philly was the perfect summation of his entire career. Yeah. I'll do my part, but nobody else will do anything, and I'll get left out to try. It, it was crap. And, you know, you, you go back and you think about it, and, and I even was talking with my dad about this because there was a really stupid comment put out on Twitter, um, and it was comparing who I still I, – I mean, and you and I got into a heated argument about this. I, I hold Mike Richter as – I, I know I never saw Eddie Jockerman play. I never I never saw you know I never saw him play. I know he's you know Eddie Eddie Eddie. I get all that. I still kind of hold Mike Richter as like the the second goalie in Ranger history. Him and Jockerman, I put them and and we can we can go into that all we want. But you cannot compare Mike Richter and Henrik Lundqvist. You cannot do it. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, but Richter what? won a cup, bro. Bro. Yeah, look, he I, won a cup, right. bro. No, and, and we and we discussed that and and it's not the same. It's it's still it's not the same. And we we looked at just one piece of it and we said, you know, look, I Richter has had some great moments as a Ranger. I mean, the Rangers don't win a cup without Mike Richter, but they also don't win a cup <laughs> without Mark Messier. They don't win a cup without Brian Leach. They don't win a cup with, without Stefan Matteau. They don't win a cup without Kovalev. I mean, there's a lot of na- names that you can go down the list. That team won the cup as a team. Henrik Lundqvist literally carried teams into the postseason and got them as far as they could go. And really, the best chance he had was 2014-2015. Those two seasons with that team. Man, that and got... You know, you had you had the Zuccarello injury. You had, you know, the the lack of scoring and and just the dumb bounces that didn't go their way in the final, um, in fourteen. And, but I mean, you look at, you know, look what he did with teams like the twenty twelve team. That team wasn't good enough to go to a conference final. That team literally got they willed their way there, and you look at. You know all the moments and all the memories and all the things of Hank, and it's and you 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 go to the last really two seasons, or season and a half or whatever that we've seen post Hank, 
And you really now, I think a lot more people come to appreciate what the Rangers had in net because it's been a little bit rocky. And I don't, and I'm not blaming, I'm not saying this is a, a, a slight at Igor at all. I think Igor is going to be a fantastic goaltender. The the management side of that, on the on the coaching side was a which that's a whole other which we've talked about enough. Hank was so. Here's the thing about you didn't have to worry about it. It was it wasn't that he was great. It was that he was consistently great. It wasn't that you know. And Boomer and Jay Khan said this one when they were going over the Rangers on Friday, and you know they were talking about Lundqvist's retirement and everything, and. They had said, you know, some goalies they have a crazy peak, a crazy high peak, and then they they level off, and you know they're they're not the same. With with Hank, it, Hank was he was great from the minute he came into eleven of his first twelve seasons, thirty wins, 30 wins. or more. And the only reason why he didn't have twelve out of twelve was because of the lockout. Yep. And I think he won twenty four that season. So still pretty impressive, yeah. But it will, but that like that's the thing when Lundqvist was in net, and and then they hit they hit a stat that I couldn't believe in a two year span he had nineteen shutouts. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean he he ends his career four hundred fifty nine wins, three hundred and ten losses. Um, I don't know if this is is this he couldn't have had ninety six ties. I don't think. Were the ties gone by the time he overtime came Overtime losses. Those are the overtime losses. Okay. Um, a 2.43 goals against average, 918 save percentage, 64 shutouts. His postseason numbers, 2.3 goals against, 921 save percentage, and 10 shutouts in 130 Stanley Cup games. And he's a and, record of 61 and, and 67. And he was 6-2 and two in Game 7. Six and two in game sevens. Where he won five straight game sevens. Sixth in NHL history in wins. Seventh in overall saves. Eighth in games played. Ninth in starts. Ninth in time on the ice. And 17th in shutouts. The guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. And just by the way. Gold medal winner. He's won just about everything. With a team that never should have won the gold that year. I mean, it's just. It's crazy. And he's one of. He is one of, in my opinion, one of the five greatest goaltenders of all time. Yeah, I mean he's not he's not one or two, but he's right up there in the discussions of three through five, easily. And I mean, if, if I had to build the top five of goalies of all time, Wah, Hashik, Jacques Plante. I hate saying it. It's got you got to say Brodeur. It's got to be. I, I don't know. I don't have to say it because, honestly, whatever. I yeah. The fat ass. I mean, there's, is there's a lot. I mean, fat, it's a lot of really good. I mean, it's hard. Ass, it's a hard. Fat ass is number four, and Hank is number five. <laughs> Uncle Daddy is number four. Oh and, god. And Hank is number five. <laughs> Fatso forgot to shake my hand. Fatso forgot to shake my hand. Oh god. Yeah, and I, I mean, don't, I don't even like Sean Avery. His cameos are amazing, though. They are, I, uh, they are fantastic. I, they are big, big fan, big fan of them. But the Rangers, they, they do the right thing off of this, and right away announced that they will retire <laughs> his jersey. It should be one thousand percent. It should be. And let me take this time to remind everybody else that Brad Park should also have 
is okay. not a recognition. Right, 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 whatever, whatever. No, 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 I'm just, no, let's hey, be fair. We're talking about Hank here. Why you gotta go? Let, let's wait, be fair. Wait until we're done with the Hank and, talk. And, and I love Hank. I, I, I'm a huge Can you Hank wait fan. until we're finished with the Hank talk? Uh, no, because it, no, because this is my problem with this organization. All right, but hold on. We'll get to it. I'll let you, uh, we'll get to it. But to me, I, I I was I was thinking about this and I was gonna tweet this out and, and I was like, all right, this could strike a nerve with some people or whatever, but I, I look at it in my lifetime, so I'm thirty six, I just turned thirty six. In my lifetime, oh, Don man. Mattingly, um, Patrick Ewing, David Wright, uh I would say Mike you could put Mike Piazza in there. Um why? Why are we? Why are we building the great list of Craig, New York sports Craig players Martin from the from the Jets? Curtis Martin. Curtis Martin. Sorry. Jesus. Martin. Hey, at least I brought up a Jet. Aren't you like shocked that I even did wow. that? And and Hank, but Hank is number one of that uh, on that. There's a lot of great New York athletes that have never won it for whatever reasons. Hank is top. Mister I mean, Mister Ranger. I mean. Yeah, I mean, Roger Bear, another, yeah, which we'll talk about in just a few moments, but um, Hank is top on that list. Brad Park. I mean, do you really want to get into, like, how many greats have come through New York sports that have never won a championship in the, like, dubbed sports mecca of the country, which has really been anything but, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, well, well, you're a Patriots fan, so... I mean, no, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm being honest, though, like, an honest... I mean, New York sports have not had a great success record of late. Although I will say the Yankees are on fucking fire right now. It's almost like the Yankees sucked all the juice of baseball power in New York. And, like, the Mets are a tire fire, and the Yankees are just, like, surging. I mean, they okay. destroyed the Red Sox over. I mean, they're, first they're, off, first off, this is not a baseball podcast. But I'm, I know, I'm just trying, no, 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 I'm just this, trying this, to stri- no. I'm just trying to get under your skin. No, this is a hockey podcast. But no, I, okay. I mean it's just there there's been a I'm just saying, there's been a lot of great New York athletes that have, have never won anything. But even on that, even in that, Hank is king of the mountain. It sucks, but he's king of the mountain even on that. And I I hope, knock on wood, everything goes well with my home sale. I'm waiting patiently for that. I will be at the garden. On Lundquist retirement night, that that is a must. I don't care. I don't care where the seats are. That is. Yeah, a must. you're you're gonna buy tickets for us because uh, no, you don't not. have that money from the house. Yeah, no, you will. Not. You can you yeah, can you buy will. tickets with your pog coin. Uh, well, it, that's if pog blows up by by, <laughs> by the time. Uh, you're you're gonna use that house money. We're we're but, gonna go we're gonna go to the gardens. All right, on to so yeah. I, I mean, obviously that that whole situation just just sucks but in in retrospect it's uh, Hank will be where he belongs he retires in anyone's eyes as a ranger I know people have brought up oh well Richter was a predator he was this he was that ah ah no 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 no, no. if you go and look at the stats because I if you go and look at the stats Hank's stats will end will start and end with the rangers and that's how it should have been so that's at least one piece of solace, and he'll be in the rafters where he far belongs, forever. And that's and that's the bottom. That's the bottom line. Um, all right, on to the sad, the sadder part. 
shit, man. This sucks. Um, we we lost an icon. I mean, there's not much, not many other ways to say it. Roger Bear, you know, unfortunately passes away at the age of 80 out of nowhere. Um, came kind of as a shock and. This situ- this thing is kind of you know we, we we talked about on a two for roughing podcast all the like the the, the, the passings and just the, the shocking tragic and sad news of, of what's gone on lately in the hockey world but um, with the Rangers I, I mean you know we never saw Roger Bear play like we never did we the the closest that we've seen Roger Bear play is the original I, I believe in the original nineties intro which is our intro is kind of like an homage to um there's a, there's a moment where I think you see Jill Bear in a clip um you have you know my father had video recordings of when he was at the garden with his brother um from from back in the 70s you know you see clips like MSG classics and things of that nature and it's and it's crazy because Roger Bear has not played since 1978. I think was his last season. Um, and yet, I don't think there's a Ranger per- fan alive. Even if you just start following the Rangers within the last two three years, that doesn't know Roger Bear, that hasn't seen Roger Bear either on MSG TV, or at the Garden, or at an event for the Rangers. And it's almost to the point where you you kind of felt like he was part of your family, in essence, in, in many ways. And, and, and it's why affectionately known as Mr. Ranger. I mean, he is, Rod Gilbert is the epitome of what it means to be a Ranger. I mean, the way he carried himself, the way he, he kept, conducted himself on the ice, off the ice, post-career, all the way up to the end. I mean, he personified being a ranger, and it's it's a terrible it's a terrible story, and it's and it's sad. You know, unfortunately, it's it's what happens. I mean, we all get to that point, and you know, we're going to start to see a lot of the greats that that we might not necessarily have seen play. They're getting up there. We've got the greats that played during our time that retired. You know, early on when we were when we were young, that are starting to get up there. You know, and it's it's just it's you know it's part of life. But um, I just think you you saw in a guy that you never had the connection of seeing him play. Now, like my father did, so my father obviously has like the videotapes. He's got pictures. I mean, he was showing me at at the house the other day. You know, the Sports Illustrated that he has from when Gilbert was on the cover. You know, pictures that he has, and all kinds of stuff, and things of him with the gag line with Hadfield and Rattel. Um, all all that stuff, and so you kind of live in that like history piece of it. But then it's like you know people would see him as just a regular, you know. Hey, there's Roger Bear. He's at the game. He's hanging out with people. He's seeing people. They had one of the funny clips that they were showing in in uh, in a tribute video was him in Vegas when the Rangers were out in Vegas I think two seasons ago, or it might have been two or three. And there's a guy wearing a Gilbert uh, heritage jersey. And he goes up to him and he slaps him on the back. And he's like, and the guy turns around. He's like, holy crap, it's Rod Gilbert. And, you know, they just talk about, he was, you know, down to earth, you know, 
was was always friendly, always approachable, always you know everything that you would possibly want in someone that you would want your kids or people growing up playing sports to emulate or be like or look up to. And that was Roger Bear. And it's just you know it's it's a sad it's a sad a sad story. But you know once a ranger always a ranger forever. Roger Bear will be Mister Ranger, and he there you know. It'll never be replaced. There's no replacing a Rod Gilbert. There really isn't. And, you know, it's just, it's, it sucks. It's going to suck when they do Hank's retirement, too. And, like, he's always been there all the way through. And he won't, and he's not going to be there. That, that kind of, that really sucks. That was another thing I was thinking about the other day. Um, so, you know, it's just a, a bad weekend, a tough weekend for Ranger fans. For sure. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really sad. It was not, not, yeah. not good. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. I, you know, um, I met Roger Bear once. Um, I was a kid. He, you know, from what I remember, he was really nice to me. Um, he actually hung out with my family most of the night at the bar and uh, talked hockey with my dad and my grandfather and his very thick New York Italian accent. Couldn't pronounce Rod Gilbert, so he was calling him Roger Bear. Roger so, Bear. Oh, Roger God. Bear. So, Roger Bear. Uh, <laughs> I, I could see your dad do it. Uh, uh, no, no, not my dad. Not my dad. Your my grandfather. grandfather. Your grandfather. It was my oh. grandfather. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, he was very cool. He hung out with with my family all night. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, it's just a great, great ambassador for the Rangers. Great ambassador for the game. You know, worked with the Garden of Dreams Foundation, was a big part of the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Yep. So definitely definitely a part of the organization that uh the Rangers will miss and it'll be it'll be tough to replace him. You know, because yeah. he is in a sense irreplaceable. But I, I could imagine that Hendrick Monkless fits that bill of the new Ranger ambassador. Yeah, like this generation. If and yeah. when if and when he ever wants that job. I believe it's it's probably there for him. Um, that's probably how they bring him back into the organization after his retirement. But like I said, again, if that's if Hank wants to do anything involving hockey, who knows? Um, but definitely, it was it was a rough, it was a rough week in uh, in Rangers Town. Yep, yeah, for sure, yeah, absolutely. Now there was an interesting podcast. <laughs> uh, the the. Uh, the Cam and Strickland podcast, the Cam Jansen and, and uh, was it Andy Strickland from the Blues? Yeah. Um, I enjoy Andy Strickland's work on Twitter. Yeah, I, I think he's one of the best guys that you go to for information. He, he absolutely is. And we've we've I, I, I think you've you've corresponded with him a couple times on the FHN.net, you know, kind of around I think it was around what the Buchnevich deal and some and even in other in other areas, and he's always been accommodating. He's always been, you know, you, you 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 talk with him. He actually responds or gets back to you, which is, I mean, you figure people in that kind of level of standing, that's pretty cool. You don't usually see that um, a lot of times. So so obviously a, a, a kudos and just a kind of a little bit of a, a shout out for him. But um, they had a podcast that released was it was it today or yesterday that that came out today today. So Tuesday uh, it came out, and the first part you could you could tell they were kind of you know Jansen especially kind of. You know, trying to get through the whole, the the tragedy of Jimmy Hayes, who who you know, if you listen to the Two for Ruffy podcast, we talk a little bit more about, but Kevin Hayes's brother, 
a former Ranger Kevin Hayes, uh, his brother who, who tragically passed away just out of nowhere um, um, the other uh, yesterday morning, just uh, crazy. Um, so he was kind of you know going through that, and then but towards the end of the episode, they had Jeff Gordon, the former Rangers general manager, and I, I thought there was there was a lot of interesting pieces to it, and not necessarily. Well, first, all... first, first things first. I had no idea that Gordon played hockey, let alone that he was a goaltender. Well, that yeah, that I that and and I did like one thing that he brought up though, where he talked about you know because because Gordon never <laughs> went, he never got like high up as far as like pros. Um, but I did like, I did like how he talked about how, you know, you, you, you kind of have that battle and I'm, I'm paraphrasing and just kind of like summarizing, but he talks about like where there's that, not necessarily power struggle, but he talks about the people that are in the game that played and have played at the high level. And then they're always kind of like the, well, I played, you didn't kind of thing. And it's like, how do you work through, you know, work through those scenarios? He talked about his road up with Boston um, it was very, it was very good. His interview, I'll say that his interview was phenomenal. I yeah, enjoyed, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the, the interview process I, that, I, that they did. Yeah, I, I thought his discussions about like his his, you know, his road up with the Bruins and then the whole Peter Shirelli nonsense, where really in hindsight Jeff Gordon should have been the Boston Bruins general manager, like he should have been. Well, I enjoyed that they touched on, you know, what I said that Gordon's uh, moves as interim GM are what set the team up. Yeah, for I mean, success. in Boston, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, like when you actually sat there and went boom, 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 you could point back to and say, but he did bring up a good point, and this was something that was that I that I liked, and I understand it when you're the top of the guy, like when you're at the top of the chain. It was the same thing, like for me when I was in like the the management side. It's always you're always the one that's either given the glory or you're blamed. And he talked about, you know, the all the people that were involved. And like where they say, like, oh, he drafted or he drafted that guy and that guy sucks. Or like he drafted Marshan and he drafted this one and that one. And he's talking about, you know, you go with the people that that are the scouts, the people that are involved in that, they're the ones that really you know, the final say, the final call essentially comes from the desk of the general manager, but it's not necessarily them making the call. It's them trusting who's under them. And at the end of the day, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, you're you're held to account regardless. But but I, I you can see that was... you can see the difference in the dichotomy of how it worked when he was in Boston versus when he was GM with the Rangers. Right. You know, he was more hands-on with drafting, let's say, Brad Marchand and Milan Lucic. You know, Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, you know, the years before. Right. But with the Rangers, you know, you know, let's say, you know, since he was GM, less he trusted, you know, Gordy Clark on Vitaly Kravtsov, Nils Lundqvist, and Keandre Miller, and, you know, all these guys that the Rangers drafted that Ranger fans feel so good about. Gordon didn't handpick him because he didn't get to watch him. Right, and he yeah, and he said that the the quote that he said was he may have seen some a player like twice, like just give or take around the quote. I'm not direct quoting, but he had said you know he was going to trust the judgment of someone that had seen him like ten times. And I mean that's fair. That's that's you know completely fair. But that's what scouts are in place to do. That's their job. That's but you know, but I also literally... there was one other thing that he mentioned that I really did like. <laughs> 
And I think this is true in a lot of business worlds. And there's people that I've talked to that I, I've always kind of, and this may sound stupid, but I was even doing like an interview off the side on like a business, like consulting thing. And I always have taken the team. I've always used sports in my work life in terms of looking at things from a team level. Because I always found that the further and further you go up, and and for instance, like with a company, you always say like the executives are like, just to use the analogy, they're thirty thousand feet up in the air. The, the 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 team and everybody working is ground level, and then you have like your managers that are like ten thousand feet up, and then you have like the executives and the leaders that are thirty thousand feet up, and from where they are, they see things differently. They don't see I they don't see everything unless they came from there and went up. So I've always kind of like taken that mentality. When I was in the 30,000 foot realm, I always looked at, okay, what's the what's the mindset ground level? Or like on the ice. And he brought this up and he mentioned, you know, when you're sitting up in the press box, you see something and everything looks slower to you. And you judge more and you start and you say, oh, why didn't that guy make that pass or why didn't they make that play? And the game seems slower. And then you move further down and closer and closer and closer and closer. You get to the ice and that's where you get the real picture of like how fast the game is and what's really going on. And I thought that was a really interesting kind of kind of way of, of talking about it because it's something that me personally, like that's something that I kind of always believed in. If you're way up there, you don't know what's really going on. You're you're not within earshot, and you're not within like the full picture. And even when you're, you know, ten thousand feet above it, you're you're at a better level of understanding. But you don't really know what's going on unless you've been down there and you come from there. And I got that sense that from Gordon. Gordon basically started from the bottom floor and went up. And he you started really, as a PR intern. Yeah, and you really got that whole idea of where he saw the inner workings of everything. And I really came to kind of get a bigger appreciation. Look, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not as big of a Jeff Gordon fan as like you were. I, I, we know that. We've, we've talked about that. I think Jeff Gordon has had, has had his his fair share of 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 mistakes. But you can't, you can't deny that Jeff Gordon with the rebuild and what they did, the Rangers are on the right path. Well, I'll say this. This is where I, I got into a lot of debates with, with Ranger fans. His misses weren't huge. They, some were bad. There were some, some that were, were bad. Some were bad, but they weren't they weren't the stall extension. That wasn't him. No. That was let's say there. It wasn't Dan Girardi bad. It wasn't I mean you could criticize him for the Truba deal because Truba's overpaid. But again, he's only overpaying Truba by one and a half. Yeah, I would say one or two million. Like in today's he, it's, with today's it's contracts, a, it's not a it's not a ridiculous overpayment. It's right. not. Um, and I think his good far outweighed his bad. And I here's the other part of what Jeff Gordon did that I don't think a lot of Ranger fans give him enough credit. He cleaned up Sather's mess when yep. Sather stepped down at the end of the uh, the. Of the uh, what was it, thirteen, fourteen, or fourteen, fifteen season? There was a lot to clean up. 
it was the end of the 14-15 season. It it was they were in cap hell. There was there was no future. Yeah. They were they were at the bottom of the barrel. The drafting was atrocious up to that point for the most part. For the okay. most part. They, Jeff you, Gordon, yeah, listen, I I Gordon, agree with that. Re, he restocked the cupboard and then he went out and he did something that people said in New York you can't do. He went out, he had no, you know, he said, "Look, we're going to go into a rebuild." And he was very transparent with his plans. And he got Jim Dolan to sign off on it, which to me that that's a harder sell than selling the fan base. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think the fans as long as you show them that you have a plan to get them to the next level, the fans will understand going through a rebuild. Well, Dolan I never thought Dolan would ever oh, yeah, sign no. off. And, and especially, I mean, after what Ranger fans lived through post 97 to 2006. Yeah. I mean, if you said, "All right, we're going to go through a rebuild here and do it the right way." After what we saw, what they tried doing and piecing and all that crap with the Yeah, I I agree. I would say my criticisms of of Jeff Gordon, my biggest ones are the the Kreider, the Kreider deal was the worst, I think. Um I I still say the McDonough trade was I I think the McDonough trade you know, we still even even with even if Lunkvist Because does, you have to pray that Lunkvist turns into a top pair defense. Yeah, and, and I mean the chances of that, it's that's gonna be tough. So I would say that deal, the the Kreider extension, um, the goaltending nonsense, you know, not getting anything for Georgie and then allowing this whole Henrik Lunkvist thing, the fiasco, the Kevin Shattenkirk buyout was not good. That was a bad one too, um, and and of course the the the, the Lundqvist buyout, and at the end of the day, I think he stuck his neck out. I mean, we don't, I I don't know personally, but I still say this. I think he stuck his neck out too far for David Quinn. I I think that was another part of it. Now I'm not saying that's what happened, but I don't know from the, from the sound of what he sounded like on on the pocket. I don't think that was it. As far as why why he was fired, yeah, I, I no, I I think that was part of it. I I don't think I don't think that was the final, the final curtain. I think Dolan wanted them to change, to to change course, and just probably looked at it as I know, like in the in the podcast, he talks about how he knew that the team wasn't tough enough and that they needed to get tougher. And he even made a joke that JD, who loves toughness. Like we, he said, we knew that this team was missing, but he explained why they did the things that they did. And you know what? I understand it. You have to see Ken Filipino and the way he explained it. He pretty much said, Ken Filipino played the NHL level, or is he a guy that we have to flip? Right. You have to play Alexi Lafreniere. You have to play Capo Caco. You have to give these guys ice time to see where they fit in. Are they part of the future? You know, or are they pieces that you move out in a deal to bring other guys in? But I think, but I think that's where he had the misstep, though, with David Quinn, because up until it was too late, really, Quinn wasn't doing that. Quinn wasn't playing Kako. He wasn't playing Lafreniere. He wasn't giving those guys chances. Philip Heal, he was for the most part. You know, obviously the injury didn't help him, but 
you really never got to see. And then when they finally went to that <clears throat> route, you started to see what you had in Kratzoff and Kako and Lafreniere. And you well, started Lafreniere played really well at the end of the year with the yeah. expected that ice time. But it was like, why didn't you do that sooner? So I, I kind of understand. I, I do understand to an extent why things happen. But I will say, I did he get did say, a bigger picture. He, he did say something interesting that I thought was interesting. I don't know if you, if you caught it or not. Yeah. Because they asked about the Tom Wilson thing. Right. And he had said, you oh, know, the they statement. were asked, Well, he had asked, they had asked, you know, well, Panera got hurt in that whole deal, you know. And he's like, well, Panera was dealing with a knee thing up before that. Okay. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, go back and listen to that because yeah. I, I thought that was, you know, did Panarin get hurt? Like, did he hurt his knee anymore? I just, that I find, I found a little bit interesting. That, yeah, I just wonder if it just aggravated whatever he was dealing with already. Look, that whole situation was just, I mean. But he said he liked how the team responded and that. He, yeah, I, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't. You can't fault them for the way they came out. I thought they came out and handled business the way they were supposed to. Look, that to me was, it was just the luck of the draw of who was on the ice. And that's the problem with Tom Wilson, really, if you think about it. Tom Wilson isn't a fourth. Tom Wilson plays like a fourth line guy in his physicality, but he's a top six player. Well, he even said it, that Tom Wilson knew that we didn't have anybody on the team that could really mess with him. So he was, and he called him a bully. He did. He called him because, and look, and in the essence, I'm not trying, I don't want people to be like, oh, you're soft. And this, no, I'm not. In the essence, Wilson knew and he took advantage of a situation, which in essence is what a bully does. Well, that's what he, he does. Right. You know, he took advantage of a situation where he knew that nobody on the Rangers could really stand up to him. And, Jeff Gordon even said Brendan Smith did a great job yeah. uh, of answering the bell. Yeah, he's on that. the only one that could have because Truba's out during that whole thing. Ryan Lindgren, I think, wasn't Ling- Lindgren was out too, wasn't he? Well, let, let's be real, Lindgren is a lightweight. But I know, but I, but I know, but I'm saying like of a type of guys that would answer or rise up to the call, like you would. See, oh, it would have, it would have been Truba, or it would have been Lindgren, you yeah, know, or Smith. But I mean. Look, I, I say this a hundred times, and, I, and I've and i gone over this, and I know people get pissed. I know you and I have even argued about this. To me, Tom Wilson is a tremendous hockey player when he doesn't step over the line. The he's, a better, is, he's a better version of Milan Lucic. Yeah, the, the problem is, is he habitually steps over that line. He is a habitual line stepper. Well, that somebody's got to whip his legs. <laughs> <laughs> But but we have seen in the past where he has had to answer the call and he runs around the ice like a chicken with a head cut off. Or how quickly was he out of that game the next night, the follow-up game? How quickly was he out with an upper body injury? Look, and the, and the, mean, Rangers, and the Rangers made it a point. They said, look, this year, Tom Wilson or nobody else is going to be able to push us around. But you know what? You're kidding yourself if you wouldn't want a guy like Tom Wilson on your team. You are kidding. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And I'll, I'll tell you exactly why. Because I wouldn't want his teammates to have to deal with the media after the fact for the stupid bullshit that he does. That's why I wouldn't want him. Yeah, but do they really? Because, but do they really? 
Because you don't think you don't think his teammates had to answer. Now I'm not in Washington, but you don't think Ovi and Backstrom had to answer. I don't think it was as no. bad as you you think it was. I don't think it was. I you know I don't know, but you know. I mean, you'll that... see. We're gonna have Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves is as close to Tom Wilson as as far as that side. I mean, he's not as talented, obviously, not even close. But as far as the physicality and the stepping on and playing on the line and playing on the edge, you're gonna have it with Ryan Reeves. Uh, but I would Tom Wilson could, but the problem is Tom Wilson definitely goes over the line way too much. He does, yeah, and that's the problem. And like I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be, I would not want to be a teammate of his because I wouldn't have to want to answer the media for his stupidity. Well, my my argument is always you're kidding yourself. Like if Tom Wilson, and this is kind of it's a, it's a twofold, and I'm, I'm I, I I am talking out of both sides of my mouth here, <laughs> and I understand that. But I'm saying if you could take Tom Wilson as the player. And everything that he does, and eliminate the line stepping, because even up to the line, he's hard nosed. He hits. He lays people Problem out. Is, and you, you, but it's we, we've had this discussion before, where if you take that part of his game away, where he you know crosses the line, then how effective does he become as a player? Yeah, but you look at from the last time he had the major suspension up until this point, he really didn't have any issues. He had really cleaned it up. The problem is, is when he goes over, he goes over. And that's the problem with him. So it's if he was ever able to figure that out. Yeah, he'd be Brad Marchand. Not as good point-wise as Marchand. But, but with the size of like Eric Lindros. Yeah, I mean, he'd be a 25 he'd be a monster. He'd be a 25-goal scorer and maybe a 55-60 point guy. I mean, how many guys do you know that could play that are like that, that could play with Ovi and Backstrom and the top guys on the on the Capitals? And that's the he could be a good hockey player. But, he, you is, know, he, he is he a good, be, he is he good. Could, it's just he's he got to get that that crap's got to stop. He could be a great hockey player, but yeah. whatever. But no, I enjoyed the Gordon interview and no, again, it was really good. It was a solid I, interview. I found it funny that he said that, you know, when everybody else saw the 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 memo about George Peros, yeah, right. that was the first time he saw it was when the rest of us saw it. So that tells you that there was a disconnect from Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't I But don't, again, I, don't I think his I think his firing and J D S firing goes back to there's a cigar smoking gentleman who was in Jim Dolan's ear? Yeah, I yeah, I'll I'll say that I don't like the fact that Sather started to become more vocal when that all happened. I I don't like some of the stuff that's happened. Kind of has that Sather kind of feel to it. Um, whether that's just you know, uh, I guess look, conspiracy. He, he is an advisor. He is an advisor. So you know, I I, I don't know. It just. There's a there's a certain cigar stench in the air that doesn't go away, um. So yeah, I mean at that that is what it is, but uh, yeah, I listen. I'm not. I wasn't a huge Jeff Gordon guy. I thought Jeff Gordon did a pretty good job. Did he deserve to get fired? The funny thing was in the beginning of the season, I had said like if the season goes off the rails and shit hits the fan with Quinn and all this stuff, I could see him getting fired. Now, the way he got fired, I never saw that coming. I didn't think that would happen in a million years. And even when I made that statement, Nick said I was, I was crazy. He was like, that was the dumbest thing. 
Well, I never... because I, I have looked at it, I thought Jeff Gordon had built up enough goodwill with the work that he's done. And stupid me for thinking that work actually matters. Yeah, right, yeah. That Man. that good you know, that good work actually, you know, matters and means something. But to stupid see me. to see J D and to see Gordon go and all that was kinda like, whoa. Um and you just hope that, you know, look, with Drury I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I kind of look at Drury's had some good things. He's had some bad things <laughs> early on. Hopefully, in the case of we need the good to far outweigh the, the bad, especially with the cup window opening now. Um, and, and this is the period where you're going to start to say, all right, the Rangers need to turn the page here real quick because this is the point where they need to get to it. But there's a lot of variables. Again, like we've talked about, Philip Heedle needs to either establish himself as, as the center to, to play that center position, or w- what are we doing there? You know, Kratzoff, Kako, are they top six wingers? Because now you need them to be. You know, Lafreniere, is he going to take the next step? And is your bottom six going to answer the bell? Is Truba going to take the next step? You know, does, does Keandre Miller, who had a great start and then kind of kind of fell back a bit, under understandably so, does he continue on his way up? You know, does any of the younger guys that are coming up behind him, do they come into the, to the fold? And Igor in net. And then what's going on behind him? Because it doesn't sound like Georgie's going to be part of the plan going forward from, from, from talks that have come out. There's a lot of stuff that remains to be seen. So that is all we got for 30 on Broadway. We appreciate everybody that's been tuning in. We uh, we hope you like it. We and- we. Look, I'm, I'm going to close it like this because you said your piece and I'm going to say mine. I cannot thank Henrik Lundqvist for 15 years of unbro- unrivaled greatness and carrying this franchise with dignity and honor and always pointing. You know, there's an old saying, you know, you never point the finger. If you're ever going to point the finger, you start with the thumb and you look at yourself. And Hank. Even when he should have been sitting there, both hands pointing, both index fingers at everybody in the room, he would always sit there and go, "Look, I gotta be better. I have to. I have to make plays. I have to make saves. These guys work their butts off, and I can't let them down." He would constantly take everything on himself, and he was completely unselfish. He was one of the greatest leaders this organization has ever had. And I am truly glad that I got to watch all 15 years of his career. And I'm really sad that the Rangers couldn't do more to to win him a cup. I'm really sorry that the Rangers, for the most part of his career, took him for granted. Um, yep. Because he, he deserves so much better than, you know, four conference finals trip, one Stanley Cup final trip. He, he should have won a cup. It, it should have. Hit a player of his greatness deserved to win, and it's really sad that um, his career won't be finished on his terms. But it looks like he's made peace with it, and as long as he's made peace with it, that's what matters. But I would, I just, you know, I'm glad the Rangers are going to honor him. And look, if anybody's deserving of having their 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 number immediately retired by a franchise, it's him. Like. Oh, without a doubt. You, you know, the, the fact that he was loyal to the franchise through the rebuild when he didn't have to be. The team gave him an out, and yep. he said, no, I want to stick it out here. I want to be here. The, you know, that his loyalty means more 
in a sense, than guys who came before him. In a sense, you know, I hate to compare him because he just passed away, but his loyalty means more than Araj Gilbert's loyalty. Because when Gilbert was playing, there wasn't free agency. Players didn't have the choice to move freely. It was, if you left the team, it was because the franchise got sick of you and they traded you. So, and again, that's not in any way to knock Rod Gilbert or say that he wasn't loyal because he was. Um, but in the era of free agency where a player has the right to move whenever they, you know, whenever their contract. Yeah, he never up, did. Never did. He never did. The franchise gave him an out. He refused to take it. He was a Ranger through and through. You know, if, if Gilbert didn't have the Mr. Ranger moniker, it would have been Hank. He is Mr. Ranger. Like, it. He he exemplifies what it means to be a New York Ranger, and I am truly glad that I got to witness his career. And you know he's an undoubted Ranger great. In my opinion, he's the greatest Ranger to ever play, and he is one of the greatest goalies in NHL history. And will fittingly go to Toronto one day, you know, and he'll never have to pay to walk into the Hall of Fame. He is a first ballot hockey hall of famer, and I, I am truly thankful that he was a New York Ranger. Um, and also, you know, just uh, one last one. Uh, you know, my my prayers and condolences to the the family of Roger Bear. Really sad. Um, sucks. It really sucks. It's uh, you know, like he said, he was a part of all of our family because you know he was Mister Ranger. So. It really sucks to, you know, the news of his passing. But, yeah, this has been a shitty weekend in, in, in Rangers. In hockey, yeah, in hockey overall. In hockey, yeah. yeah. It's, this is one of those where it's like, like I said in the Two for Roughing podcast, if, if you don't listen to that, just go check out uh, the FHN.net and, or anywhere that you're listening to your podcast here. If you put in Two for two for Roughing, two, the, two, the, letter, the word two, the number four, Roughing, that – was way much harder than I needed it to be. If you put that into uh, anywhere that you listen to a podcast, you can catch that. Um, and we talk more about, you know, the the three teenagers, uh, the the junior players from Canada. You know, Kevin Hayes' brother Jimmy Hayes. You know, we had Tony Esposito last week, and and of course, you know, Roger Bear. And it's just like, all right, let's just get puck drop, please. So, all right. We will catch you guys next time.